What up, Thrive? How you doing tonight? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. You excited to be here? Hey, well, thank you so much for being here. If you are new to Thrive, we just want to welcome you. Thanks for coming and hanging out with our family. And if you didn't know, the rowdy group over here is the youth ministry. And so uh, we decided to come over and hang out with you guys. And so hopefully, is that, is that okay with you? you? You fine with that? All right, so if, if they get loud, uh, just give them some grace because that's just how we do it in the youth ministry, all right? Um, but uh, thank you so much for being here. I love you all. It's so good to see you. Uh, for the youth ministry, I care about you so much. And uh, but hey, we are continuing uh, our sermon series, our Thrive sermon series, where we've been talking about relationships, we've been talking about marriage, we've been talking about you know some you know deep stuff in regards to maybe sex, and and, and we've been talking about some you know things that. You know, when it comes to culture and society, they're kind of okay with talking about what, when it comes to church. We're like, I don't really know if, is that okay for them to talk about? Should we be talking about that? And I want you to know that talking about marriage, talking about relationships, talking about sex should be talked about in the church. It should be talked about. It shouldn't be awkward. And, and so we're going to talk about some stuff. And so uh, we, we're continuing on. This is week three. And so the first week, we kind of talked about the benefits of marriage. And so JP, Pastor JP, talked about the benefits of marriage. And then last week, he talked about uh, the purpose of sex within marriage. So he talked about that. And that, I'm telling you, if you missed it last week, you need to go watch that. It is a great talk. It's so powerful. It talks about the purpose. And it really just helps us in why God created sex, and, and it's just, it's a really great message. But tonight, what I'm going to be talking about is I'm going to be talking about why do we wait to have sex? So essentially, I'm going to be talking about sex, the sex talk. We're going to be having the sex talk in church with adults and Students, <laughs> we're gonna have a, a conversation about sex, and we're gonna talk about some difficult stuff. And but the whole concept is this idea of waiting. And so, if you can just give me some grace, uh, you know, I'm talking to a very broad audience right now, right? I've been kind of joking with people where it's, I'm going to be talking about sex with 60-year-olds. I'm going to be talking about sex with sixth graders, all right? So just, just give me some grace. But the thing is, is that, listen, I know if I'm talking about this and, and this concept of why should I wait and all that, and some of you adults in here are like, oh yeah, okay, I guess, you know, I'm going to just check out tonight, or, you know, this isn't for me, or, you know, I, you know I've, I've heard this before, or maybe you've grown up in church and you're young and you're like, oh, you know, I, I've heard this story before, but let me just say something very quickly before I get into this, because I want to get into my content. This is not a night for you to check out. This is not a night for you to say, oh, I already know everything, or this is not a night where it's, oh, this doesn't relate to me, because I'm telling you, it might not relate or connect to you because you're married or, or you know, you're in that season. But listen, if you're married, what it could connect to is how you raise your children. And it could connect to how you connect with your children about this topic. And I want you to know something. I wanted to say this very quickly, but we can't keep continuing to blame this culture and blame this generation for their sexual issues and this, this, this immoral sexual revolution that's going on. Because the truth is, and I hate to say this because I, I never want to be attacking when I speak, but the truth is that many of the problems that they're facing is because 
that we, the older generations, never taught them the purpose of this. And so this is not, not a night for you to check out. This is not a night, oh, I know every time. I'm, but I'm gonna hopefully give you some information to help you, hopefully give you information to talk about, hopefully give you information to think differently. And, and I wish I had hours to talk about this, but I only have a limited amount of time. And so I want you to know that I'm gonna do the best I can. And then you're gonna have to fill in the blanks and don't get offended because I'm not an expert, all right? Expert, JP's the expert. He, 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 he knows his stuff. And so you should learn and listen. He's the man, I'm telling you, he's the man. And so just give me some grace and allow me to just help you because I've done my study and I've looked into scripture and I, I've tried to accumulate something that can really motivate you. Students, listen, motivate you to live and to understand this concept of weight. And so I wanna get into it. Hopefully you're ready for this. Hopefully you're excited. Hopefully you're ready to take notes. Because I'm gonna be in Genesis chapter 29, verse 14 through 20. And I'm gonna be reading the love story of Jacob and Rachel. Let me talk about the love story of Jacob and Rachel. And before I get into this, uh, I just want to give you a little background. So Jacob, he, he, he's kind of just hanging out, he's wandering, he's kind of going, and he sees Rachel. And he falls in love with Rachel. Just it, it was love at first sight. Oh my goodness, she's so beautiful, I can't believe it. And then what ends up happening, she goes back, she tells her dad about Jacob, and then we kind of see this scene right here taking place. So let me, I just wanna give you a little background so you understand where we're going, but this is what ends up happening. So if you're ready, if you're ready for the sex talk, <laughs> Lord, help me. If you're ready to talk and to get into some stuff, say, let's go. Let's go. Hey, come on. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be good tonight. Genesis chapter 29, verse 14 through 20 says this. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for the younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed, watch this, like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Tell my message, if you are taking notes, I encourage you to take notes, is a real love story. A real love story. Turn to your neighbor and say, a real love story. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice, and say, I hope you have a love story. If you're married, be like, you are my love story. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray and let's get into it. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. God, I pray that you help us. Lord, we are talking about something difficult. We are talking about something that's unique. We're talking about something that is not talked about a lot or, or it's something that in regards to people that we maybe don't do a lot of. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us, that you would give us the grace, that you give us the understanding, that you would take what I've prepared and what I've planned and that you would help other people in here see the power behind this concept of waiting. And Lord, we just are so glad and so thankful that we have a space like this 
space like this, that we can learn, that we can talk, that we can have discussions, and that the youth can be here and the adults can be here. And yeah, we're all in different stages of life and marriage and single and trying to figure all this out. But Lord, we just, we just get to look at your word and we get to say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And we're gonna continue to move forward and just learn and grow together. So Lord, we love you. And Lord, thank you so much that Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. Lord, he, he, uh, he went through a lot being here. And so we just thank you for that because he deserved it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. If you're a Bengals fan, I'm sorry. All right. Um, I have a good question for you. Have you ever, actually, let me put it this way. Do you remember your first kiss? If, if you remember your first kiss, raise your hand. You're like, I remember my first kiss. Who here remembers their first kiss? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my the first kiss, oh, what a great moment. What a, your first kiss with, you know, your, your, your spouse, your first kiss with that girl. Oh, it's just that moment. You know, for me, my first kiss was a little weird, all right? Let's just be honest. Um, my first kiss didn't go the way that I really wanted it to go in my life. You know, when I thought of like a first kiss, I was like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a great moment. Let me just explain to you the, this terrible moment in my life. Um, so when I was about fifth, in fifth or sixth grade, I know I was young, okay, I was a player, just kidding. Um, I was young, fifth or sixth grade, and I was dating, it's so weird saying this, I was dating, I didn't grow up in church, so give me grace, I was dating this girl, her name was Amanda, all right? I was a fifth and sixth grader, I was dating this girl, Amanda, I know it sounds terrible, sounds weird, but I just, you didn't know, all right? I was young and, and just wanted to be a little Romeo, okay? Um, and I was dating this girl, who was fifth, sixth grade, Amanda, and all I want to do, you know, we'd hang out at recess, and all I want to do was just to kiss her. That was my thing. I just, like, just when am I going to get my chance to kiss her? Like, we've been hanging out for a month, you know. We've been, you know, doing, you know, going to recess together. We've been eating lunch at the lunch table. Like, when am I going to be able to kiss? This? Like, that's all I wanted, just this one moment to kiss Amanda. And that moment, I thought, was going to take place. Let me explain. So, for me... I was hanging out. There was one day after school, we were hanging out, and we were at the, you know, the playground. And we were at the playground, and, and I was pushing Amanda on the swing. <laughs> and I'm telling you, there's nothing better than pushing a girl on the swing when you're in elementary school. Like, you feel like a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was pushing her, and I was like, this, I, I feel so good. And my buddy came up to me, and he's like, hey, he's like, I have this game that we all should play. I was like, what game should we play? Like, it's gonna be so much fun. You gotta, you gotta just listen, okay? I was like, what game are we gonna play? He's like, we're gonna play the game called Spin the Bottle. <laughs> now, if you don't know what Spin the Bottle is, before there was Tinder, it was Spin the Bottle. You know what I'm saying? Okay? <laughs> spin the Bottle, you know, before there was swiping, it was spinning. You know what I'm saying? All right? Spin the bottle, if you don't know what spin the bottle is, is that you'd get in a group, uh, there'd be girls and boys, you'd get in a group and, and then you'd get a bottle and then you'd spin it and then whatever person it would land on of the opposite sex or that it would go closest to, that is the person that you would have to kiss. That was the game we were gonna play. I was like, I mean... If that's, what, like, if that's gonna give me an opportunity to kiss Amanda, like, like I'm all for it. 
And so I was like, anything, I, you know, whatever it takes. And so we all get in a circle. There was probably about 10 of us. We all get in a circle. And I was like, all right, this is my moment. And so my buddy, Michael, he's like, hey, all right, it's your turn to go first. I was like, okay, like I'm ready. And so I get up there and I grab the bottle and I, I kind of get ready and I'm like getting set up. And, and right before I spin, I, I just look up. And I'm like, I wasn't saved at the time. I was like, if there's a God or whatever, the universe, if you're out there and you love me, please let this bottle land on Amanda. Please, Lord, I will serve you for the rest of my days if this bottle just lands on Amanda. And so I spin the bottle and, I, and I'm kind of getting set and it's spinning and it's spinning. And I swear it was like slow motion. It was spinning and all of a sudden it was going towards Amanda. I was like, oh my goodness, this is gonna be the moment. This is gonna be the best moment of my life. I'm gonna finally kiss a girl that I like. I'm gonna get my first kiss. All of a sudden it goes and goes and it just slides a little bit past Amanda and it goes on to her best friend, Marie. Which, to inform you, Marie was my best friend's girlfriend at the time. I saw that, I was like, oh, I don't like universe or God, I ain't, I ain't about you. I was so, like, I was like, I don't know what to do right now. And everyone started laughing. They're like, oh my gosh, you gotta kiss, you gotta kiss, you gotta kiss Marie. You can't, you, you, this is part of the game, Taylor. And I was just like, I can't believe this. I'm so mad, I'm so frustrated. And it was like, you gotta do it, you gotta go kiss Marie. And so literally while I was walking, I looked over to Amanda, I was like, I'm so sorry. They're making me do this. I can't believe this. And I went up and I gave Marie a peck on her lips. And it was the worst two seconds of my life. I couldn't believe it. My first kiss was my best friend's girlfriend at the time. It was just terrible. I was like, man, I can't believe it. I just was so frustrated. I was in my head. I was thinking that, you know, the bottle would land on, on her and then this would be this amazing love moment. And we'd finally have our first kiss. And when, then we would, you know, get married and, and, and have kids and a dog. And I was just thinking, I was like, this is it. And then it just didn't happen. That was my first kiss. Terrible. I have to live with that. I'm so sorry, Michael, to this day. And the funny thing is, I didn't even get to kiss her. We broke up, she broke my little heart. I didn't even have that moment. Terrible. But the thing is, follow me, you're like, what is this? Like, is this, like, where's this going? Taylor, follow me, this, this scriptural. See, when it, comes to, when it comes to us, many times, you know, whether you're younger and you had this idea of love and you're all excited, you're like, you know, when we grow up, we have these moments where we're like, man, I, I, I can't wait to experience this or I can't wait to have this moment or, or I can't wait to have a love story. I just wanna have these moments and these emotions come up. And the thing is that the older we get, watch this, the older we get, we start to really see or we start to listen to what culture says or we start to watch movies and, and that simple kiss or that moment of love or falling in love is what can end up happening is that it doesn't just stop at the kiss, or, but it goes a little further than that. And when we watch a movie, it might start with a kiss or this concept of falling in love or maybe you, you talk to some friends that are older than you and this concept of falling in love, but then they start to tell you that, oh, it's not just ending at a kiss, but no, it goes further than the kiss, and it goes to the point where we all, maybe you've seen it in the movies, or we might talk about it, and it goes to the place where that couple or the people in love, they give themselves away to each other. They choose to have sex. And so in doing that and seeing that, or maybe hearing it from culture or, or, or watching it on Instagram or social media, what can end up happening is that we start to think that love 
And giving love to somebody or, or expressing our love to somebody is connected to sex. So love is sex, sex is love. And that's the realm that we live in, or that's the realm. And stay with me for just a little bit, adults, because I'm going somewhere. And so we start to live in that concept that love is sex and sex is love. And, and the thing is, I want you to understand something. If you watched the message last week or you listened to JP, I want you to know that sex is an expression of love to God and to your spouse, excuse me, and to that person in the confines of marriage. But listen, sex outside of marriage is a distraction and that's something that can destroy relationships and future marriage. And so, we need to talk about this concept of sex, this topic of sex, because there's so much that comes with it. There's so much that we need to discuss. There's so much that we can't get past because it's something that if we want to have a successful relationship, successful marriage, we have to understand sex, waiting, and purity. And tonight, what I wanna talk about quickly is I wanna talk to you about not, I know the topic up here said why we wait, but when I was talking and processing with our pastors and as I wanted to come from a different angle, I wanted to come from helping you with, with a different concept in regards to sex because I think whether you've grown up in church or not or you, you've been in church for a while and this is West Michigan so churches are everywhere and, and the idea of a Christian is everywhere is that we've kind of probably heard that hey, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. We've heard that, we've talked about that, we, we've maybe discussed it, or maybe you've heard it in culture, or maybe even culture makes fun of that. And so it's something that's out there. But what I wanna discuss is not the, the why, I wanna talk about how. How do we wait? How do we remain pure? Because I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to say something than it is to do something. It's a lot easier to say, oh, don't, don't have sex, don't go far, or, or you know, just, you know, don't, just resist. But when it actually comes to living it out, that's the difficult part. So I wanna talk about how. How do we wait? How do we remain pure? Whether we're dating, in a relationship, engaged, or maybe we're a little further along and we're, still, we're, we're single or we, we went through a divorce. How do we wait? How do we remain pure? And in the story I read you, we find that there's a man who chose to be in a relationship, to be in a commitment that showed us what it would be like to wait. That he lived in this commitment, in this line of purity for the person that he loved. And his name was Jacob. And what I wanna do is I wanna quickly talk about how do we wait from this story. I wanna share with you from this story and what we can learn from it. Are you ready? So the story begins, follow me. Don't worry, it gets better. I had to just set everything up. Just follow me, stay with me. The story begins where Jacob and Laban are having a conversation. They're having a conversation, they're like, hey, 
You know, it's great that you're here, and you know, I, I really would like for you to stay here. Laban's like, I, I want you to stay here, be here. You know, you're my people. I, I appreciate you staying here. But the thing is that I don't want you to stay here for free. I, I, you know, I don't want you to work for free. So what is it that you want? What can, what can, what can I give you? And Jacob's like, ha, there's this girl. Woo! There's this girl that I like. Her name's Rachel. Oh, she's so beautiful. She's so pretty. Like, I just want, like, it, it, like that's... <laughs> I want her. I want her. That's, that's, that's for me. And they have this conversation, but what I want you to get here is that it was a conversation that allowed them to focus on something. You need to get this. To focus on something which was standards and the commitment that Jacob would make to Rachel. He's like, hey, I want, I want Rachel. That'd be awesome. He's like, you know what I'll do? I'll work for seven years for her. Hey, did I just say seven years? I'm, I'm in seven months. I can't believe I just said seven years. No, you said, okay, seven years. Yeah, I'll work for seven years for her. He makes a commitment. And so what you need to get is that they talked about the commitment. They talked about the standards. They talked about the boundaries that would be had in this relationship with him and Rachel. And that leads me to our first thing. If you're taking notes, follow me. That leads me to our first thing is how do we live a life of purity? How do we wait when the world doesn't? And that is this, is that we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about sex. Can I just focus on a few people here. Can I talk to the parents for a second? You need, we, because I want to be a parent one day, we need to be willing and able to talk about sex with our kids. If you're taking notes, you need to write two words down. We need to talk about sex consistently and continually with our kids. What do I mean? Consistently, what I mean by that is that you need to be consistent in the conversations that you have with them in regards to sex. It's not just, hey, we, we had that conversation when they were fifth or sixth grader, or we had that talk, and now we're done, honey, we did it. Oh, that was, that was tough, but no, we made it. No, it should be a, a conversation that you have weekly. You should be willing and able to talk about sex with your kids Weekly, I was gonna say daily, but I didn't wanna freak you out too much. And if you're married here, this is for you too. If you're married and you wanna have kids, you should be taking notes too. You should have a conversation weekly about it because your kids in school and in culture hear about it every day. And if you don't even talk about it weekly, you are so far behind and you're allowing culture and society to imprint what sex and sexuality is in your kid's life. Consistently talk about it, weekly. And continually, what I mean by that, follow me, continually is I mean, it's not just a conversation you have once, oh, we did it, and or it's not, okay, they're 18 now, and so you know we don't have to have that conversation, they're grown, no, no, no. It's a continual conversation you need to have until you pass on. It's not, oh, when they're young and they're learning or when they're in high school, no, no. It's when they go to college. 
Hey, how are you doing? What are you struggling with? Hey, how can I help you? When they get married, hey, how are you doing? How's your sex life? How's that going? You struggling with that? Anything I can help you with? When they have kids, hey, how's that going? How can I talk to you? How can I help you with that? Some of you are like, Taylor, I can't do that. that that's awkward. That's weird. Oh, that just, you, that's too much. That's too much information. They're too, they're too old. I can't, you know, it's too weird. It's too awkward. Weird. Too much. Know what's awkward or weird too much? Is being a 24-year-old to 29-year-old youth pastor and having to have conversations with kids about this topic because their parents don't talk about it. Awkward and weird. You are the closest being to them. They are the closest being to you other than your spouse. Awkward, difficult. You are the person that they should be hearing this from. The most intimate thing, listen, the most intimate thing that someone can take, the most intimate thing that someone can have with another person should be taught and talked about by the people closest to us. And that is our parents. Not a counselor, not a friend, not a youth pastor, not the internet, parents. Talk about it. Parents, okay, let me talk to the single people. Let me talk to single. Let me talk to those that are in relationships, maybe getting engaged. Follow me. Talk about it. You should have conversations with the person you're dating. You should have conversations with the person that you are with right now. This is for high school. This is for middle school. It doesn't matter what age. You should have conversations about sex and standards that you will set in that relationship. That this is, I will not do this. I will not have sex. I am choosing to not do this. You need to have you have to have dialogue with that person. Every single time you're starting to date or starting to, you know, get into a serious relationship, you need to talk about it. And you shouldn't just talk about it once because there's gonna be times in your relationship where you're gonna get closer, you're gonna grow, and you're gonna love them even more. And so you're gonna have to have more talks about it. You're gonna have to be in real time talking about this process. Talk about it. Set standards, set boundaries. I will not do this. I w because listen, if we don't talk about it, we will be led by our hormones. And if you're led by your hormones, if you are led by your feelings, you will be led to something that you will regret. Talk about it. Look, the Bible says this. I'm gonna keep going. The Bible says this, Psalms 119, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. You guard it by talking about it. The text continues, follow me. Text continues. This is where it starts to get really good. Text continues. And Laban, he's having a conversation with, with Jacob. We kind of established that. And they're having a conversation and Jacob's like, hey, I, you know, I love Rachel and, and I'd be willing to work Seven years. Seven years, did I just say that? Seven years, yeah, I guess, okay. I'll work for her for seven years. Seven years working. My goodness, seven years. Some of the guys in here be like, baby, I, I love you, but seven years is a lot. I'm just kidding. Seven years, he's like, I'll work for you. But listen, in that decision and commitment that I'll work for you for seven years, I will choose to love you he wasn't talking to anybody else. 
He didn't have any other flings. He didn't have any other hookups. For seven years, he committed to a life of purity. He committed to that person. He committed to the person he loved, even though he was not able to physically show it through intimacy. Committed before he even was in a covenant with her. Second point, listen, here we go. If you're taking notes, how do we remain pure in a world that's not pure? How do we wait when a world is not waiting? You need to get this. Parents, you need to listen here because you're gonna help your kids with something that's so powerful as this, is that you need to choose to commit to your future spouse before making the covenant. You need to choose to make a commitment to the future marriage that you're gonna have way before you might even meet that person. Students, you need to hear this right here. You need to get this point right here because I'm telling you, it's gonna save you a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. Parents, you need to listen and be able to help your kids. If you're in here and you're an adult, I'm telling you, you gotta get this point. What would it look like, follow me, what would it look like if middle school, high school, whether you're in college, what would it look like if you made a commitment to your future spouse, a commitment saying, I will wait, I will be patient, I will not sleep around, I will not choose to be physical with anyone else. I might date and I might get to know people, but I choose to wait and give my purity only to my future spouse. What would it look like, parents, if you helped your teenagers, you had conversations with your teenagers, and you're like, hey, I want you to make a commitment to purity. I think, let me talk to you about the power of purity and let me talk to you about the power of waiting. And you talk with them and you, you help them make this decision that you're gonna wait until you meet your future spouse or you're gonna wait until you're engaged. You're gonna wait until you get married. Man, what a beautiful thing that would be. Choosing to wait for somebody when you may not even know them, or it might be seven years until you meet them. But you say, you know what? I'm gonna be patient, I'm gonna wait, I'm not gonna go down that road, because I know that one day I might, one day, God willing, if he gives me the desire of my heart, I'm gonna get married, and I'm gonna be able to give that to her. Wouldn't that be such an amazing thing? The Bible says that love is what, patient? we can demonstrate that patience. We can love the person we're gonna spend the rest of our life with way before we even meet them. Talk about a love story. Talk about real love. Some of us need to make commitments like that. Maybe you're here, follow me. Maybe you're here and you're like, okay, Taylor, I, I messed up. You know, I, I haven't waited. I, you know, and you just kind of made me feel bad because I don't think I could have that moment. Like maybe somebody, some people in here might be able to have it. Or, you know, I feel condemned. I feel like you're, you're attacking. I don't feel like I could have that moment, but I'm telling you, listen to me. You need to hear me right here. Is that this statement, this commitment before the covenant still applies to you. So I'm like, what, what do you mean? The reason why it still applies is because we serve a God that is a God of redemption and restoration. So even though you might have lost it, even though it might have been something that you, you regret, even though you might have a past, you still, from this day forward, I'm gonna commit 
to my future spouse. Yeah, I messed up, I, I'm so sorry. But from this day forward, I'm committing. I'm committing even before the covenant. One of my friends, he was a valet driver. If you heard me speak a couple weeks ago, I talked about how I used to valet drive and, and I was able to bring one of my friends to the Lord and it was such an amazing experience. But the thing is that what ended up happening is that we, we got into the conversation of purity and we were talking. He's like, man, dude, I just don't, I just don't feel like, like, I just don't get it. Like, I feel like it's, it's pointless. Like, like Taylor, like, you know, like this idea of waiting, like I just, I messed up so much. So just, what's the purpose? What's the point? And I was able to talk him through and I said, yeah, you might've messed up before. Yeah, you might've struggled before, but I'm telling you, if you commit now, God can redeem and restore you. And you will be able to have an incredible conversation with your future spouse when you finally meet her. You'll be able to have an incredible conversation saying, yeah, baby, I messed up over here. But I want you to know that I made a decision, that I made a commitment right here, right now, that from this day forward, I wasn't gonna go down that path. Even though I might've dated girls before you, I'm not gonna choose to do anything impure with them, but I'm gonna choose to commit only to you. And I waited three or I waited four years, or I waited six months, or whatever it is. And some of you are here and you're in a relationship and you're like, man, I've, we've already gone too far. We, we messed up. But what if you made a commitment to each other right here, right now and said, hey, we messed up. We, but from this day forward, we're gonna commit to each other with purity. And I'm telling you, this commitment will only grow your relationship deeper. Continuing on, last part. Worship team, you can come up and then I'll be done. Story. The story ends. The conversation. He says, I'll wait for seven years. Seven years. But the thing is that in regards to this, if you study this, you need to follow me. If you study this, you can find that Jacob and Rachel, they were actually able still to see each other. They were actually still able to talk and to have conversations and build the, their, their relationship, but it was a little different. See, in biblical times, in biblical culture, they had to have a limit on how much they saw each other. They had to have a limit on how much alone time they got to be with each other. They had to have a limit on what they got to do with each other. See, they were both shepherd. Uh, shepherds, and so they would maybe hang out and connect and grow in a relationship, and that's where a lot of scholars believe that Jacob grew even more to, to love her, but the thing is, is that everything that they did was in a public setting, or very limited when it came to being alone with each other. See, there was restrictions that caused protection. You need to hear that. There was limitations that also helped protect purity. And that leads me to the last point, and that is this. How do we remain pure? How do we deal with this tough discussion and, and topic? And I know what I'm gonna say here might be something you're like, I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm telling you, just listen to me for just a moment. And parents in here, you need to hear this. How do we deal with this? Is that you need to limit your alone time with that person. You need to limit your alone time. Can I just have a quick conversation with the parents? 
or those that maybe are having conversations and talking about this with someone that's younger. Parents, you need to be aware and not oblivious to the environments you are allowing your kids to be in. You need to be aware. You need to be careful with what you allow your kids to do in the places that they're able to go. You need to be careful with thinking that it's okay that your son is with his girlfriend in their room with the door shut. You need to be careful with the, the, the idea that it's okay that your daughter is home with her boyfriend and they're by themselves and you're not there. You have to be careful with thinking it's okay for your son or your daughter to go spend the night with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Because I'm telling you, loneliness, being alone together only can lead to greater temptation. And so if you do not protect, if you do not guard, if you do not help your kids and be aware, you don't have to be overbearing, you don't have to be crazy. They, maybe they, you, they can hang out in their room, but just have the door open. They, they, they can hang out, but just make sure that there's still this idea of a public figure, somebody there, a public place for them to grow and develop in. We have to help our teenagers. We can't allow them to keep putting themselves in positions that they're gonna fail. And let me talk to you quickly, to all the maybe youth, young adults, maybe people that are dating, whether you're older, younger, whatever season you're in, let me just encourage you with this statement that we have to be very careful with the amount of loan time that we have with somebody that we're dating, engaged to, talking to. We have to be aware of it. We have to guard it. And some of you are like, oh, that's this super, you know, that's kind of legalistic or that's, I don't know if that's realistic. And, and I want you to know, maybe uh, it might not be completely realistic if you're a grown adult and you live by yourself or, or you know, there might be times where you are alone or you might be times where, you know, it's difficult to not be alone. But I'm telling you, if you just allow it to happen or if you don't have restraints and you just let it go, it could lead you to where you don't want to go. And so I wanna just give you two phrases because like I said, I, wanna be, I don't wanna be legalistic students. I don't want to be legalistic in regards to this. I just wanna give you something to talk about and think about and process as you're going through this parents, as you're trying to help your teenagers. And if you're an adult in here, you're dating, I just wanna help you, college student. And then the way I wanna do is I wanna give you two statements then you can kind of figure out what you think you should or shouldn't do in regards to being alone with that person. And the first statement is this, is that comfortability leads to vulnerability. Did you hear that? Comfortability leads to vulnerability. See, when you put yourself in positions where you're too comfortable with someone, or you're comfortable on a couch, or you're comfortable in a bed, or you're too comfortable in general with that person, that could lead you to doing something that you do not wanna do, and it's because you're vulnerable. The second thing I wanna share in regards to this concept, because some of you are like, this is not gonna happen, I don't like this concept, is this. And this is just frank, and now I'm gonna close. And that is, it is a, a lot harder to be intimate with somebody when you are in a public setting. 
It's just the truth. And I'm, <laughs> we're talking about it already. And, and if you're here, you're like, you know what? And if you think it's okay to do things in public settings, you're just nasty, okay? Let's just be, okay? That's just nasty. But let me talk to you. It is very difficult to be intimate with somebody if you are in a public setting. It's the simplicity of it. So if you really care about your purity, if you really care about living out this life and allowing yourself to be pure and waiting or committing, even if you made a mistake, but then committing and living this lifestyle, when it comes to being alone with that person you care about, you have to guard yourself. The text says this, the text says, Proverbs 14, 16 says, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. We need to stop being careless. We need to stop being reckless and start being cautious. And if you're with somebody that does not appreciate you being cautious, it might be a sign that you might not have to be with that person. So as I close, we made it, everybody, we made it. Hopefully you got something from it. If not, I'm sorry. But let me just end with this. The text ends, and this part I love, I, it, just, it blows my mind. This text, I just, I, I, I couldn't get past it. I wish I could have talked about it more. I just, I just, I don't know, I wish I could have studied it. I wish I could have just found more information. I just, it blew my mind because I just didn't understand it. The text ends with Jacob finally going seven years and he's like, all right, it's time. But the text says, if you read it, it says that the seven years because of his love for Rachel only seemed like a few days. What? Seven years, only a few days because of his love for her. I just give you a quick illustration. Angel, Vernon, can I have you come up here quick? You can come up here. Come on, make some noise. So, Vernon, Vernon, I want you to stand right there. Angel, I want you to stand all the way down there. Follow me. Seven years. You know, in our culture, in our time, we, 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 we're big on time, right? Time is money. We're, we're big on time. Seven years seemed like a few days. Seven years, Jacob had to wait to get to Rachel. This is, is just a visual of that time. Seven years till he could marry her. Seven years of waiting. Seven years of being pure. Seven years of choosing her over his feelings. Seven years. Seven years. But to him, because of his love, only seemed, come with me, angel, only seemed stand right in front of Vernon. Only seemed like a few days. That blows 
my mind. I, I, I wish I could just look at, I wish I could study it. And the thing is, I tried to study, I tried to look at it, I tried to find research, but it just came down to the point that Jacob was so in love that it didn't matter the work, it didn't matter how hard, it didn't matter the frustration, it didn't matter what he had to go through. It seemed only like a couple days until he could be with her. You guys can head down. Come on, make some noise for them. And so in reading that and, and trying to figure it out and discuss it and, and, and talk about it with people, it came to a couple phrases I just wanted to share with you that made me realize in regards to purity, the power of purity and the power of waiting like Jacob did. And that is this, is that your purity in waiting only causes your love to grow deeper towards that person. You waiting, you not giving in, actually will cause you to love them even more. And that goes completely against culture because culture says if you love them, then you will go this distance with them. But what that shows is, no, no, no. If you wait, your love will grow even the more. And the other thing it shows me is that your purity makes that which seems so far away come quicker than you expect it to. Man, it just seems like it's gonna be forever until I get married. It just, there's just no way, there's no point to wait. It just seems like forever. Or man, we're in this relationship together. It just seems like forever. And I just, you know, maybe we should just go, you know, it just seems, you know, we're engaged and it just seems like it's gonna be forever. But I'm telling you, purity and waiting and committing your, your purity to God and committing your purity to your future spouse. No, no, no. It actually makes what you desire come quicker. And ready for this? That which seemed like years becomes days when you're waiting. But when you finally meet them, when you finally get to that point where you get to get married or you're engaged and you're like, this is it, I finally made it, I finally met her, follow me. Is that it takes those small amounts of days or months that you know that person and how much you love them and it actually turns it into years. Oh my goodness. It actually makes you seem or feel like you know and love them even deeper and even greater because you chose to pursue love and purity even before you were committed to them, excuse me, in a covenant with them. And that is a real love story. And that is a story that we all can have. That is a story we all can choose to have. That is a story, parents, that we can help our kids have. Will you be a person that desires a real love story? Or do you just want the Hollywood love story? It comes down to our choice. Parents, adults, it comes down to us helping this generation with something that is so difficult and so hard to maneuver.
Can I pray for you? Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here and you're like, you know what? I, uh, I've been struggling. Let me just, I wanna focus on two categories here. If you're here tonight, you say, you know what? In regards to purity, in regards to waiting, maybe you're single, maybe you're dating, maybe you're engaged. If you're here and you are struggling with that and you want to make a commitment or maybe you're in a relationship and you've gone too far and you're like, I wanna make a commitment. I want to choose to be pure and wait. If that's you, when I count to three, and from this day moving forward, you are gonna wait. You're gonna pursue purity. Doesn't matter how far or how long it's gonna take to get to that person, that guy or that girl that you wanna marry. You're gonna wait and you're gonna choose purity. If that's you, when I count to three, I just want you to put your hand up, put it back down. No one looking around, ready? One, two, three. See your hands, see your hands, see your hands. All right, you can put your hands down. If you're here tonight, you say, you know, and you're maybe married, maybe you're, 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 you have kids, or maybe you're married, you're a young married, and you're, you're like, man, my kids are really young, but this still applies to you. If you're here as a parent, you're like, man, I need to do better at helping my kids with this. I need to do better in, in how I parent. I need to do better in regards to how I can really help my teenager, my, my, my elementary school student live a life of purity. If that's you and you're like, man, I, I need to do better. I need to help, I need to talk about it weekly. I need to talk about it. I need to be aware of the environment they're in. I need to really, I need to help them make a commitment. I need to take them out and get a purity ring. I need to get out and do something powerful with them that they know that they're making a commitment to purity. If that's you and you wanna get better at this, when I count to three, it's between you and God, parents, adults in here, this is for you. Leaders, ready? One, two, three. your hands down. So what I want to do is I want to pray and then we're going to go into a time of worship. But let me just pray and I'm going to pray for every single person that, that is in here. Whether you raise your hand or not, I just want to pray for you and then we're going to go through a time of worship and I want you just to reflect on the message. I want you to reflect uh, on what really God has spoke to you about. I know this was a tough topic. I know even, like I said, you gotta give me grace. It's a tough topic to talk about when you're talking to high school, middle schoolers and adults and different stories and lives. And so I know it's difficult. I know it can be hard, but hopefully you got something that can help you. Hopefully you got something can, that you can really move forward and say, this is how I'm gonna live. This is how I'm gonna choose to go forward with this tough, tough discussion in regards to sex. So I wanna pray right now. So if you're, you can, bow your heads and close your eyes. So Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I pray that you would bless us. Lord, thank you that we can be in a safe place and talk about this. And Lord, I just pray that what I communicated, uh, that was from your word, that you would help us. Lord, I know some of the things I even talked about, maybe people in here have never heard or maybe they completely disagree with, but Lord, I just pray that it would just maybe challenge them. Maybe it would be something that they're like, man, I just, I, maybe I should try this. I, I've been messing up. I haven't been doing this, but I wanna try this moving forward. Lord, I just pray that this would create conversation and that it would create something that would just allow us to do better in regards to something that our culture and society does not care or desire to do better in. 
And so be with us, be with the parents, be with the youth. Lord, our commitment's right here, right now. Whether we have a past or don't have a past, I pray that you would help us live out and that you'd help us wait. So Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.